What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the channel. It's your boy Tavares here. If you're new to the Godly Dating Family, Godly Gang, join us. Subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. Repent of some sin. I don't know. Join the group. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to grow one good godly family over here where people still love God, where people still believe in aiming to please God, where people still desire a good, healthy, God-honoring relationship. That's what we start for on this side. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what they do on their side. Other side of YouTube where everybody's doing all kind of all kind of craziness, I can't join in on that. But, you know, on this side, we love Jesus. Um, but if this is your first time, you know, I appreciate you tuning in. You know, we do really try to steer these episodes toward the pursuit of righteousness, the pursuit of things of God. And hopefully, this episode will be the same exact thing as always. Um, check out the Godly Dating 101 book. If this episode inspires you, I'm sure that there's more um, that you guys can dive deep into with our book. Um, but yeah, I want to get right into it. I'm not really sure how I want to title this. You guys are going to see the title. Maybe I'll change it for week two or so, but I want to do a little series on It's Not What You Think. Um, so as you can obviously see from the title, today's episode is more so along the, the maybe more to deal with dating than other episodes might be, but I don't want to keep a podcast only about relationships that only focus on, you know, man, woman. I also wanted to focus on men and God, God woman and God. I want us to always keep God at the center because a lot of times we ask for dating advice. But the truth is, if we fixed our relationship with God, I think that would cure the entire issues that we're having in our relationships. Because relationships fail because people don't keep God at the center anymore. Let's just be honest. you know. But I do want to start this episode off by saying, this is not for everyone. This episode is not going to be for everybody because a lot of people I've come to realize are perfect in church. You know, I'm not one of them, but I've realized a lot of people are perfect in their mind. You know, they wake up, they do their quiet time, they they post their scripture on the internet, and apparently the rest of us are vagabonds that are in need of revival. You know, like, if you have no flaws, maybe you're not going to be impacted by this. You know, if you're the only person in your church that doesn't struggle, you know, maybe you're, you need to leave that church because clearly you're probably the only fake one. But I'm just saying, tune in next week if this is not for you. But I want you to understand that this episode is not for everybody. This episode is for people that have desires that aren't always pleasing to God. Relationships that aren't always pleasing to God. Um, actions that aren't always pleasing to God. And I know a lot of people who probably fall into those shoes are not going to even listen to this episode. But I do want you guys to hear something because a lot of times we make it seem as though God made me this way. God didn't make you that way. James 1, I want to start that off, 1, 13 through 15. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone, anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You know, today, in this episode, I really want us to see that we can't serve our desires. I think for so long, many of us have done that. We've served our urges, you know? That's the reason why it was so easy to fall into that relationship. We serve our hormones, and that's why it's so easy to keep going back to that 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 ungodly website or that ungodly relationship. You know, a lot of times, we're not repenting immediately because there are times when we don't even see the dangers of some of these sins that we're involved in. We don't think God is 
God has a problem with it. You know, unfortunately, many of us go to churches that don't preach against sin. Uh, and in my brain, that's no preacher at all. Any preacher who's afraid to talk about sin because that's the point of the gospel. That we are all broken. We're all lost. We all have our inclinations towards sin. But that's why Jesus came to redeem. Um, that if you believe on him, if you're born again, that God is able to change you from the inside out. You know, so I think it's important for us to understand that sometimes we have desires that are killing us. And I said it's not what you think because a lot of times we feel as though what we're doing is okay. We feel as though what we're doing is normal. You know, sometimes we don't realize how bad something is until someone confronts us, which is the reason why sometimes preachers are hated, pastors are hated, or a reason why some people are going to log off this episode because who are you to tell me what I'm doing is wrong? You know, there's a bit of like a hyper grace movement that goes around, whereas people make unbelievers feel that they're saved when they've never repented of their sin. Um, and a lot of believers are in the church and we're lukewarm because we're not addressing those things that God um, wants fixed. Like when we think about David, I'm pretty sure he knew he was wrong. I'm pretty sure you know it's wrong. You can't take another, man, another man's wife, sleep with her, get that man killed. Bro, what? What are we doing here? It's one thing to, to try to sleep with a man's wife, but you try to get the man killed too. You got her pregnant, and then you're trying to blame the baby on him. Like, the character was just trash of David at this point. Like, what are you doing, bro? But we don't see David repenting until Nathan calls him out. Nathan tells him a, pro, uh, a parable. The prophet Nathan tells him a parable, and David gets so upset and David was like, nah, that type of person needs to be murdered. But after this entire dialogue that takes place between David and Nathan, we see that Psalm 51 is birthed where David goes to God with a heart of repentance. And it's my goal that after this episode, all of us can go to God with a heart of repentance saying, God, I failed you or God, I've done things that isn't pleasing or God, there's areas in my life I need to work on. Can you assist me? But for those of you who don't realize it, I want you to realize, I want you to hear this verse. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the human heart is deceitful of all things, is the most, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? See, I want you guys to understand, sin is fun. Sin is, man, sin can be so fun. You know what I mean? You're, you don't feel any problems in the middle of it. You're not dealing with any issues when you're in sin. It just, it, it seems as though people allow that fun to dictate their lifestyle, you know, whereas we're not in a pursuit of God. We're in a pursuit of pleasure. And that's probably where a lot of us fail because who am I to stop doing what I really want to do? Who is God to tell me what's right, what's wrong? You know, and unfortunately, many of us are in pursuit of what makes us feel good at the moment. And God wants us to realize that my heart isn't as pure as I think it is. So there are parts of me that really need to be worked on. You know, there are parts of me that really need to be fixed. And if I think I'm okay, my heart could be really deceiving me. You know, so that's the reason why we always have to search our hearts. You know, we always have to ask God to work on our hearts because truth is you can love the thing that's destroying you. We always talk about Samson, you know, so I didn't even pull up the verses, but Samson encounters a woman in Delilah, and this is after multiple mistakes, but 
Samson encounters a woman who's tell me your secret. You know, how, how, how can somebody defeat you? Like, bro, tell, what's the what's the secret sauce? Like, how do you get so strong? And Samson's like, do this and I'll lose my strength. And she tries to do that. So she chains him up. She does all these things and then tries to get the Philistines to destroy him. And one would think that Samson has is registered in his brain that this woman, she asked me, how do I lose my strength? And the moment I tell her, she does the exact same thing and then tries to get the Philistines to attack me. It should register in his brain the very first time. Oh, this is something that's out to get me. You know, a lot of us, we don't realize the first time. One thing I try to drill into my son's head is he needs to listen the first time. I don't, I'm not doing this repeating myself day in, day out. Um, I'm not doing this saying, don't touch this, don't touch this, don't touch. I'm not, I don't believe in parents having to repeat themselves because when my parents spoke, that was law. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, we have to get to that point. Whereas, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's not okay to question God because I believe God is not afraid of your questions, but I believe when you start challenging his authority is when you get you lose your way because it's one thing to have a question for God, but it's another thing to say, why God, Why did God tell me I have to do this? Listen, his word forever established in heaven. That's what the scripture tells us. For, forever, that word, O oh Lord, is forever established in heaven. I think it's Psalm 119 verse 89. I'll probably put that on a screen. So if I'm wrong, you know, you guys will be able to check that. But the Bible tells us God's word is established, but the enemy tries to get us to question God's word. So Samson, back to Samson, he realizes this woman tries to attack him. And instead of Samson saying, oh, no, this ain't shorty tripping. Like she tried to she tried to get one over on me. Let me leave. Samson goes right back to this woman. She plays him. Why would you tell me that? You know, you love me and then you play me like that. And he's like, all right, fine. You know, they, they're arguing. He tells her a second time. She gets him, tries to attack him again. Tells him a third time. She tries to attack him again. And she's like, dude, you're making a mockery of me. Every time I try to ask her your secret, you tell me a lie. And Samson is foolish enough to believe that this woman really loves him and she's manipulating him. So I want you guys to see something. Your desires can easily manipulate you into thinking they love you when in reality they're harming you. So God can say, this is not good for you, but because you want it so bad, you want to be in it so bad. It's not, I want you guys to realize it's not what you think. It's this relationship that you think, oh, it's sent from God, but it's causing you to, to sin. God didn't send that. It's not what you think. Why would God send you a relationship that pulled you away from him? Why would God tell you it's okay to be in a relationship that, that breaks you down, degrades you emotionally, that abuses you physically, emotionally, spiritually? Why would God be behind that? It's not what you think because God is not going to place something in your life that is going to destroy you. If God allows you to go through a tough situation, he's building something in you. He's teaching you character. He's teaching you a lesson. But God is never sending something to destroy you. Not if you. How can you be a child of God and he wants to see you destroyed? It's not biblical and it's not possible. So when you place yourself in these situations that are aiming to steal, kill, or destroy, as the Bible says about the enemy then you have to realize God is not the one behind it. I know I talk really fast and probably sound like I'm in auction, but I want you guys to realize that God wants what is best for you. But sometimes we don't check our desires at the door. 
We're not following Jesus. You know, a lot of people think they're following Jesus, but in reality, they're leading themselves and dragging Jesus along for the ride. So we haven't consulted God on who to date, but we're telling God, this is someone I'm interested in and I want it to work out. Or we date them anyways without prayer. And then we ask God to fix the situation when the person is acting up. Well, God, this person needs to get saved. God, so I need you to come in, come through. And God is looking like, who told you to date, dude? Um, this young lady, you knew she wasn't saved. You knew she had an OnlyFans. That's how you found out about her. Why are you talking to her? Huh? Why are you even on OnlyFans? Hmm? But like, questions that need answers. Like, we really have to stop playing and thinking that God is not all mighty, all powerful, and all, the Bible calls him an all-wise God. He's all-knowing. He knows and understands the things that we don't see. So that's even why a relationship can start off with two people in church, but God will say no, because maybe God sees things in their character or our character that needs help because your former relationship and it'll fail because you guys never consulted me and you didn't realize there were things that I was working on inside of you. So that's Samson. He didn't listen the first time. Like I try to tell my boy Zion, listen the first time and you won't have those issues. And then there's always the, the Solomon. The Bible says that this man, as he's starting his journey to become king, he seeks God for wisdom and God is impressed because a lot of people, when they know God is going to answer something in their life, what do they always pray for? God, heal me. If you heal me, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And then they backslide in three years, <laughs> you know, um, or they ask for money, they ask for fame. A lot that's the, the thing of social media today. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants money. Everybody wants clout. We all want attention. We all want to be seen and loved. Solomon said, God, give me wisdom. Because how am I going to lead your people if I don't understand how to lead them? If I don't have your heart, you know, so he sought God with a, a very bold thing. And he, God honored it. And God gave him more than wisdom because God respected that type of prayer. But 1 Kings 11 and 4 is what I want you guys to see here. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other, worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord, his God, as his father David had been. So we were, if you can read Proverbs, you'll see all the warnings given about dating strange women. And it's not women that are weird, but women who served other gods, other religions, didn't have the same beliefs and convictions of Solomon. Those are the wisdom that Solomon has given us. Solomon has all the wisdom to know what not to do. But then he still does it. Why? Because his desires. You know, I don't know if you guys understand. I'll get to that, the verse that I really want to drive home for us to, to pray about as we study this week on our own devotional time. Um, it's going to be uh, out of the book of Galatians, but I don't want to spoil it too early because I do want you guys to listen to the end. <laughs> you know, but Solomon had a desire because we have to understand people want what they want. People love who they love. That's it's one of the things the, you know, the alphabet community likes to argue. Like, how are you going to tell someone who to love? Or, you know, how are you to be the judge of, you know, and that's the things that they like to say. But the problem is, it's not a matter of who you love or desiring what you want. The problem is not understanding that your desires should not be your God. When we serve our desires rather than serving our creator, then we can easily be consumed in our own filth, in our own we bring our own destruction. The enemy doesn't have to doesn't have to destroy us. 
why do I have to harm someone who's going to harm themselves? I already told you guys, the human heart is deceitful. Is let me, I almost said it wrong again. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's what Jeremiah is saying. This is the most wicked. A lot of us, we think the wicked people are the ones in prison. No, the people in prison didn't believe that they would have been there because they didn't know how evil their heart was. When you don't understand the human heart, only God knows the human heart. You have to understand it's so easy for you to make the mistakes that others made. And because in our brain, we're looking like, oh, I never fall into that sin. Nah, the human heart is deceitful. Solomon, I'm sure he didn't think he was going to leave God because of these relationships. He probably thought, oh, I could have a thousand wives, 700 this, 300 that. Like, he just wanted one shorty after the next. And then eventually it caught up to him. Because it says in Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being complete, completely faithful to the Lord, his God. Which means when Solomon was young, he was able to sleep with all these women and still know who's the true living God. He was able to do that and still go to church. Now, a lot of y'all, y'all are able to do some craziness and y'all still go to church too. So you're probably looking at it like, I can do whatever I want because I'm still serving God. I can... I can dress however I want because I still go to church. I can listen to whatever I want because I still read my Bible. I can still party as much as I want because I still go to church. That's how we process things. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are getting this because I feel like God is revealing this to me right now. The problem is we try to get a little sin in moderation. We think we can manage how much sin we can, we can control in our lives. So Solomon decided... I'm not because I don't think the biggest issue was the fact that he was doing all of these because they had multiple wives back in those times. I don't think God's biggest issue was with him having the multiple wives. Uh, I believe God's biggest issue was the type of wives he was pursuing after because you're dating women who served other gods. And if you entertain other gods, eventually you'll serve them. So many of us, we think I'm not. Well, that sounds good, cool to us, but I, I don't deal with other gods. Yeah, you might when you're on Netflix. I remember asking somebody, what's a good show to watch on Netflix? And not even five minutes into the show that they told me, everybody look, uh, was looking like they were auditioning for an X-rated tape. Because it's just like, you see one scene after the next where people just keep on, you know. And I'm just like, how are we viewing pornography, perversion, lust, all these things as entertainment? Why? The desires are killing us. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, instead of going into the new year saying, new year, new me, what are some things about yourself that you already appreciate or you're doing good that you want to improve on? Because a lot of times we always focus on the negative in our lives rather than building on the areas we're already um, thriving in. And I believe therapy is something that assists us in finding our strengths and building instead of trying to find you know extreme resolutions and I have to be doing this in order to be successful. So it's necessary that you do that. And I know a lot of people who go to therapy, they always talk about how it allows them to see their weak areas that need improvement, but it also allows them to refocus on the strengths and talks about the things that are benefiting them rather than just focusing in on the negative. And then, you know, so if you're a person who's considering therapy, I would suggest that you give BetterHelp a try, mainly because of how convenient it is. A lot of times you can't find you know, a therapist to fit your schedule, but this is something that 
because it's done online, you can find a therapist that works best for you. Um, you can switch if you need to, and they work around your schedule. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com godly to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash godly. I don't know if you've done it at any point in listening to me, but I want you, whether out loud, if you can, without it being awkward to everyone around you, or just inside of your mind, inside of your spirit, just say, God, work on my desires. Because a lot of us, we want God to give, give us the desires of our heart, but we don't understand our desires are so evil. Our desires are so carnal. Our desires are so destructive to who God wants us to be. So, we think we want certain things, but God may be saying, trust me, if you get that, you're going to harm yourself because God knows what you need. But Solomon was another one who allowed his desires to get the best of him and it turned his heart away from the Lord. Let's look at another individual. I want to show you guys multiple people because I don't believe in podcasts without scripture because I don't care who follows me. I lose followers every day because I'm not one of these social media influencers that tries to impress people. But I want the people that do hear me to know that I've always, in every effort, pointed them back to God. Because on Judgment Day, he's going to say, well, Tavares taught you about righteousness. You decided you weren't going to listen. And how many of us think we're on our way to heaven and we don't listen to anything that deals with the scriptures? It's like we're deceiving ourselves. Like We can't grow without the scriptures. We can't be more sensitive to God's voice and God's will without his word, without prayer. But I want to go into another another person. I won't read too much verses on him. Uh, maybe I will. Listen, we're trying to be Bible-based on this thing. But Judas, a lot of us, we, we don't understand that, you know, man, God is really loving. Because God was so patient with this guy. Like, it's insane the amount of patience God exhibited for Judas. Like, God is saying, we all know what was Judas's issue. Money. You know what I mean? I'm not walking, for one, I'm not walking close to anybody that's, that I know is going to betray me. Jesus already knows he's going to betray him, and he calls him his friend. And so we're like, how do I, how do I keep somebody close to me that I know hates me or will betray me at any opportunity? Many of us will cut him off. God, he keeps him close. So God is showing our his patience with Judas. He's showing us his patience with how he deals with this guy. In John 12, starting at verse 3, it says, Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages it should have been sold and the money given to the poor not that he cared for the poor he was a thief and he was and since he was in charge of the disciples' money he often stole some for himself so god knew this brother was a thief <laughs> and god allowed him to watch over the money if you're all knowing how do you let the guy who's a thief watch over the money and that's one of the things that you know, God showed me so much. Um, God showed me when I was, you know, preparing for this episode. And it, it really, it really spoke to me because a lot of times we feel as though our failures disqualify us. We think, man, I struggle with lust, so I shouldn't preach against it. Man, I, I failed. Me and my girlfriend did this. Me and my boyfriend did that. Man, I used to do witchcraft. Man, I used to do... We think a lot of times the things of our past betray us 
or we think our weaknesses, current weaknesses, um, stop us from being used by God. But the scriptures show us that God wants to use you because God is not viewing you according to your weakness. He's viewing you according to your potential. So a lot of times we don't take a step in church because we're looking like, I don't really want to join the team to serve because I know I ain't got it all together. Like, But the problem is a lot of times we put on a fake front knowing we don't have it all together in order to be in these ministries. And then we place ourselves or others, place us on a pedestal, knowing that we're not really right with God. But God knew Judas's issue and he allowed him to be over the money because God was giving him opportunities to fix those flaws. He was giving Judas the ability, the, the space to grow. That's what grace is, the ability to grow. He's helping Judas overcome this, but Judas is giving in to what? Those desires. So this really shows me that we can be around Jesus and not be yielded to him. Jesus is the greatest teacher, preacher. Who, who can say there was a better preacher than Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Yet, Judas failed, which shows me we can't blame our failures on the leadership. Oh, I'm sinning because my pastor is not preaching on sin. No, you're sinning because you're sinning. <laughs> you know what I mean? You seek God for yourself. It's not the pastor's duty for you to seek God. You know, so we can be in church for years and still be carnal. And that's part of the reason why I believe a lot. There are a lot of godly podcasts out there. If you guys comment into YouTube, I'll probably suggest some that I may have listened to, but there aren't too many people that, because I don't want to, you know, get people's content. I, I'm not a fan of that, but I'm sure there are plenty of good podcasts that point people back to the scriptures, but we have to understand it's necessary that we feed ourselves with the things of God because it's so easy to give into our desires, no matter how often we're at church. But eventually Judas betrayed Jesus for money. So while he had the chance to be delivered from his addiction, you know, his money hunger, his greed, his, you know, lust for money, he instead didn't um, discipline himself. So he failed. And we know how Judas's ending turned out. But I really wanted to put Judas inside of this. Yes, it has nothing to do with relationships. But we have to understand that Judas had these issues because he was in church and, and he was just still carnal. Now, a lot of us, we don't want to admit it, but we're carnal. We're, we're, we're so worldly. You know what that means? I'm not saying you're walking around, you're not speaking in tongues. I'm not saying you don't have on a suit when you're at Walmart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we're acting like the world. We're acting like God hasn't called us to a new standard. And when God saved us, he did not save us to stay the same. So it, it, it baffles me when someone says, oh, yeah, I've been saved five years. Bro, you still smoking, drinking, cussing, arguing with folks? You still mean to people? You still ready to fight every time somebody upsets you? At what point are we striving for spiritual maturity? That's just something I'm going to say, and then I'm going to leave that right there. But, you know, it's just important for us to check our motives because what you're feeding yourself is going to be your downfall. What you're allowing into your spirit is going to be your downfall. What you what you make excuses for is going to be your downfall. One thing I found out, I heard that quote, um, so I'm not taking credit for it, I heard that quote, but it was just saying the sins you don't deal with privately are going to be the sins you that will be exposed publicly. Because God allows, God is not aiming to expose anyone, but if God is trying to deal with you in private, and you don't want to deal with it. A lot of times those things get exposed because God has to expose it for you to be delivered. 
a lot of times we get ashamed if someone finds out about our sin, but sometimes it's the best thing for us because it's not good for you to pretend you've been living for God for years and you know you was out there smashing shorties, doing the most. Like, I actually had to warn a good friend of mine, hey, bro, you're, you're, you're close to someone who's doing too much, you know, and I want, you, you have to be willing to address that with them. That person already cut me off. I'm blocked, you know, so I have no way to reach them, <laughs> you know, but I'm just like, hey, that person needs accountability in their life because they're not, you know, they're just doing whatever. And a lot of times that may seem like being immature. Why are you, why are you, listen, we don't want our sins to get exposed, but the Bible tells us blessed is the one who confesses their sin and forsakes it. And the Bible says, uh, secret, man, I'm, I'm going to have to find that now. Bible tells us a little bit about open rebuke. Open rebuke is better than secret love. That's what it was. Open rebuke is better than secret love. That's in Proverbs. Because it's not good enough to, to just have someone who doesn't say anything about your lifestyle. You need someone who's willing to address your lifestyle. And I want people that are willing to address me. I don't want to just be that guy who goes to church and doesn't take the things, things of God seriously. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, if I'm not mistaken, when there's a brother in the church who claims to be a believer and they're out there living in sin, it says to stop hanging around them. Hold on. I think this is the New King James Version Bible that I have on this desk. Yeah, so New King James. This one says, 1 Corinthians 5 verse 9, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner. Not even eat, not even to eat with such a person. For that, for what have I to do with judging those who are also uh, who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? Last verse. But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. So a lot of times we like to say, don't judge. Who are we to judge? That's why our desires are killing us in a church. Because we don't want to expose sin. We don't want to address our sin. But God said, if you are a believer, stop hanging around believers that you know are out there living in sin. That's problematic, and I know you may not be fond of it, just like I'm not fond of whichever neighbor that is screaming outside. <laughs> but it's important for you to, to check the desires, because ungodly desires will make you desensitize to spiritual voices in your life. If you look at Amnon, 2 Samuel 13, there was a man who had an ungodly desire, and his friend told him what to do to feed on that desire. Because that's what you're, you wanted to sleep with that woman so bad that all you needed was that one person to tell you, yeah, bro, go do it. You're not going to listen to the church brother who tells you, bro, wait for marriage. Yeah, because I sound corny. I sound corny to the carnal person. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I'm corny. That's the problem. We don't want to be corny Christians anymore. We want to, everybody wants to fit in and Jesus is so cool and he accepts you and he loves you and you're adultery and he loves you in your fornication and yes he loves you but he is condemning the sin that you are so in love with we have to be willing 
to let go of sin in order to please God. Because you have to understand, you cannot maintain sin. I feel like that's where a lot of us go wrong. We try to maintain it. Oh, just a little bit there. We want sin in moderation, just a little bit there. But it's just like, nah. The Bible tells us a little leaven will leaven the entire lump, meaning just a little bit of sin. The devil doesn't need you to go out shooting people. But if you allow a little bit of hatred, the devil doesn't need you to impregnate the whole church. But if he could get you to, to plant seeds of perversion inside of all of the men or women in the church, oh yeah, that's all it took. Because the desires, man, the desires kills you. Because like I said earlier, guys, sin is fun. Don't let anybody lie to you. I ain't never, I ain't never sinned where I was just like, man, it's not trash. Now, don't get me wrong. Certain sins now, if you try to entertain them, the club is not what it used to be. It's well, at least not for me, you know. Maybe someone who's newly saved, they probably still want to, you know. My urge to be there is is not there anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like, but it's not like if I was in that moment, I want to be having a blast. Yeah, because sin is fun. I I don't care how sanctified a person is. The devil always packages things around what you like because you have to understand, like I said in the beginning, James 1, and remember when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away, which means sin only feels good because it's coming from your desires. So the devil knows what you want. The reason why it was so easy for Samson to keep going back to Delilah is because Delilah was a baddie. Whoever she, however she looked, Samson thought this girl was fine. You know he thought she was fine. Solomon knew these women were not good for him. Clearly, he was finding the baddest girls out there. That it's common sense. Like we have to read the Bible through the through a realistic lens. People are not. We're not sinning because we hate God. We're sinning because we don't hate our sin. We have to learn to hate the things that God hates and love what God loves because that's the only way for us to overcome these things. The devil's tactic will always get us to focus on what I could get right now instead of focusing on what God wants us to have next. But the verse I said I wanted you to guys to focus on this week or in prayer or today or whatever, Galatians 5.24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So sanctification is something that many of us don't understand because salvation, yeah, that can happen in a moment. God can save you one day at an altar. All it takes is a moment to stop what you're doing. Turn to God. Baptism is seconds. Filled with God's spirit is seconds. Repentance, seconds. Acknowledging who God is, seconds. All these things happen in seconds, but sanctification, Psh. Bro, God is working on us until the day we die. Like, I don't care how many times you got dipped in the water. That does not mean your mind <laughs> doesn't need to be renewed. Romans 12, 2 tells us we have to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And be not conformed to this world, sorry. Um, Ephesians tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. But no one is a finished product when they encounter God. He's constantly reshaping us if we're allowing him. He's constantly aiming to work on those areas of our lives that we pretend aren't issues. Those ungodly relationships, those sinful relationships, all those things, those desires that you know are not healthy. If anybody else knew it, people would be like, oh, you was thinking that? Those things, God wants to fix those. But the problem is we think God does it all by himself. God doesn't sanctify us by himself because it's God's 
duty to do the purging, but it's my responsibility to allow him. God is not, excuse me, God is not going to change me without me allowing and yielding myself over to him. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, you know, apostolics and Pentecostals, they love. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right, bro, cool. How about we jump down to Acts 2.40, where then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Bro, you got to save yourself. Because yes, God is trying to save you, but if you don't do something, you're going to be lost. Noah, here's the blueprint. This is how you get out of the flood that I'm going to send. But if Noah didn't build that boat, hey man, his family gone. So it took effort by us to kill the desire. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. This is Jesus praying. Praying to the Father, God, cleanse them through thy truth. And he says, thy word is truth. Now, many of us are like, hey, no, what do you mean? Tobias, you're, you're contradicting yourself. No, we're sanctified by, by God's truth. Well, of course. But if you don't open this book, if you don't read the truth of the scriptures, no, I don't mean go to church and hear what pastor preaches out of two verses and some preachers are highly out of context. If you don't get into these scriptures yourself, then it's very much possible that you're never being sanctified and cleansed, purged, made new, growing by his truth. And that only happens through his word and by reading Godly Dating 101. Sorry, I'm very immature still, so I had to plug that in. But guys, Galatians 5.24 made clear to us, it says those who belong to Christ. Belonging to Jesus is more than what this shallow Christianity offers. I've been seeing so many like, you know, like new YouTubers pop up. And then I realize, oh, these people have two videos, but 100,000 subscribers. And when you click it, nothing of substance because TikTok has made them <laughs> relevant. And there's no shade. I, I've, I've discovered a few um, popular, um, good, good Bible teaching, especially young adults um, through YouTube and TikTok. But we have to stop allowing what social media says to be our doctrine because we have to be willing to understand that this shallow Christianity where everybody's just cute social media posts and oh highlight your Bible with me um, Bible in quiet time here's what the Lord is saying he's saying God wants to do a new thing in your life and everybody's like hey glory I feel the spirit and it's just like friend there's so much more to the scripture than these emotional reactions people are getting out of us on social media but i don't know i could also be a hater but i do want us to know and i firmly believe this in the spirit god does not want us playing the fence whereas we love him on sunday not so much the rest of the week or we love him at church but not on social media or we love him when we're around believers but we neglect him when our desires are, are knocking at the door. No, God does not need you holy around your pastor and your, your, your on demon time around your, your friends. Listen, God knows we have desires, but this whole, I was born like this, everyone else is doing it. Uh, will this send me to hell? I mean, God forgives. Listen, it's not about any of that. It's about laying aside sin.
laying aside the weight that separates you from God. Because nothing separates us from the love of God, but your relationship with God is fractured by sin. There's a separation. There's a brokenness. There's a bit of a barrier when you put sin in the middle because God hates sin. He doesn't look at sin. So if you decide you're going to place sin before him, he will allow you to. And when you decide you're going to turn back to him, he's going to be there. But I want us to see Hebrews 12 too before we wrap this up. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us surf off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Guys, before you go, I need you to know you must keep your eyes on Jesus. Because the moment I take my eyes off him like Peter did, I begin to sink when I focus on the storm. Now, whatever your weakness is, the moment you take your eyes off of Jesus and you put it on that pornography, you take your eyes off Jesus and you put it on that lustful relationship, you take your eyes off Jesus and you put it on that homosexual relationship, you take your eyes off Jesus and you put it towards that stealing, whatever your weakness is, that's when you begin to sink. I know I probably ruffled some feathers and generated a few negative reviews, but I want you guys to understand, I don't want you to lose yourself chasing your desires. So I don't do it after every episode, but I want to pray with you guys. Hopefully you'll allow me that, that time. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the person who decided to listen to the end of this. Either did it because they have their own issues that they're struggling with, they want to avoid issues that they're struggling with, or just because they wanted to hear what the message was. And God, I pray that whoever it is listening to this episode, that you open their eyes, their spirit, to your truth, to your word, reveal yourself to them. Lord God, I pray that every weakness in them help them to know that your grace is sufficient for that thorn in their side. And we know that whatever they're going through, your strength is made perfect in their weaknesses. So allow them to turn towards you rather than allowing that weakness to become their identity. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, it feels so good to be back. Y'all know I love y'all. Golly Dating 101. Get some books. We have a few events coming up this year. So and I are super stoked. Um, if you guys are, you know, whether online or in person, have events at your church and you would like for us to speak, we're willing. Just know that we point people to God more than to us. <laughs> it is what it is. But I love y'all. I'm excited for this year. We have a bunch of guests that will come on. And I pray you enjoy them. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Peace.